When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for the scientific method, ladies and gentlemen. So get those notepads out. What in the real is in the game? What's good, good brother? No, I mean, that's game recognized game. So we all know everybody's listening. This show, watching this show, everybody knows how Will Steele gets down. So, Thank you, man. you know, from one of the realists to one of the realists, much appreciated, my brother. How's it going over there? Well, very well. Uh, I was just talking to the folks about how we're in this weird situation between Giants, Panthers, but the Cowboys can't look at the Panthers like week three. So, got to handle business. So, we're going to nope. talk about how the Cowboys can handle that business, brother. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when it comes to the Panthers, I know everybody, you know, their eyes go to the record one and eight. And I get that. I, I 100% get that. Um, you know, like Bill Parcells said, you are what your record says you are. But I would also add that while that's true, uh, we say it every week, you don't overlook teams. Those other teams get paid to play as well. And we all know that when it comes to playing the Cowboys, this is a lot of teams Super Bowl. Um, and this is going to be the Super Bowl for the Carolina Panthers because they are one and eight. And they're trying to give their fans something to cheer about. And the Cowboys are on the road. Um, and the Cowboys haven't played ex- exceedingly well on the road this year. They're absolutely blowing the do- doors off of teams that come to AT&T Stadium. But when they get out on the road, it's kind of a mixed bag. So not only do they need to start stringing wins together during this stretch before they rematch with the Philadelphia Eagles, but uh, they need to go ahead and get this one road game that's in this five-game stretch to kind of keep that rolling along. So, yeah, don't sleep on the Panthers. I mean, they're – their offense is in shambles, absolutely, but their defense is uh, one of the more respectable ones in the league. Yep, we're going to break all that down a little bit later, Pat, but let's talk about some of the players that potentially will be available for the Panthers. Can you give us an, an update uh, on on the injured guys? We kind of briefly spoke on some, but can you go a little bit more detail on the injury report from yesterday? Yeah, a couple headlines. Uh, first of all, the most notable is who's not on the injury report. That's Tyron Smith. Uh, Tyron Smith, past couple weeks or so, has uh, for the most part been relegated to walkthroughs and mock games only. And in the last two games since his return from that neck stinger, he's looked like prime Tyron Smith. Like you call him still Tron. Tron is back um, to the point where the Cowboys haven't even put him on the injury report. So if that continues, knock on wood, because this is Thursday, right? Yeah. This is Terror Thursday in Dallas. So as long as there are no uh, setbacks or no additional things that pop up with Tyron Smith, he will actually be 100% healthy going into this matchup with the Panthers, and that's that's just fantastic news. Uh, Peyton Hendershot, he returned to practice on yesterday, and um, his 21-day uh, practice window has opened from IR. For those that don't understand, he's now allowed to fully practice with the team. He was a full participant effective yesterday, but um, the Cowboys have a decision to make if they push that 21 days out. So he can practice for the next 21 days. Then if he's good enough to go, he has to be added to the active roster. If he's not good enough to go, he has to be put on season-ending injured reserves. So um, the fact that he was a full participant yesterday, that's good news as far as him training to be back fairly quickly. I mean, I wonder if he'll be back for the Panthers game. We'll see how this week goes. 
If so, then how does that, you know, work out with like Sean McEwen who might go right. uh, back to the practice squad? We'll, we'll see. Uh, Junior Fajoko, knee injury, full participant. Rico Dowdle popped up on the injury report. Ankle injury, but full participant. No concerns there. Jordan Lewis, neck, full participant. Osa, hamstring from last week, still dealing with it, but he's not limited anymore. He's back to full. Jalen Tolbert has a knee injury from Sunday, full participant. Um, and Kevontae Turpin, another headliner. He missed last week's game against the Giants because of that shoulder-slash-rib situation. Uh, he's a full participant as well. So this will all ramp up on Thursday, though, because today is going to be the full practice for everybody. So keep an eye on the injury report uh, at the end of today. But as it stands, it's looking like a great news for everyone, unfortunately, except for Leighton Vanderesh. Yeah, that's the one, man. And, and I, I caught a couple of the interviews yesterday, and you can kind of tell it was sombering news to the players. And, and, and like I was saying in the opening here, I don't think it was just about on the field. I, I think they, they are understanding what this, this injury could mean, period, for Leighton Vanderesh. Uh You want to go into a little bit more detail on how everybody's feeling down there in the star about Leighton potentially being out, or not potentially, out for the rest of the season. Uh, yeah, it's 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 a somber mood. It's a somber conversation to have with with any of the players. I mean, you know, uh, even even a guy like Rashawn Evans, who just arrived not a month ago, uh, his the impact that LVE has had on him already has him kind of lamenting the loss as well, because he understands just you know what type of competitor uh, Leighton Vanderesh is, and you know that permeates throughout the locker room. Talk about guys like Damone Clark, who who Leighton Vanderesh took under his wing. Um, when Damone had the spinal fusion surgery in his neck. So a similar injury uh, that almost turned Damone's rookie season into a redshirt season, who was the first one to reach out to him after the pick was made in April. It was Leighton Van Der Esch, who was the one who was inviting Damone to his house to kind of uh, watch film and get the rookie acclimated. It was Leighton Van Der Esch. So those types of things, you know, helping Marquise Bell transition to linebacker, I mean, you know, for as much for as many roses, rightfully so, as we give Dan Quinn and the coaching staff and the linebackers coach, uh, Leighton Vanderesh has been you know almost as much as the linebackers coach as well. So he's a mentor uh, off the field in the locker room, and of course we know what he was doing on the field. Uh, and you know, despite the narratives to the contrary, Leighton Vanderesh uh, was absolutely one of the best players for the Cowboys defense. And uh, if not for Marquise Bell excelling. Uh, the Cowboys would figure out real fast just how valuable he was. Hell, they they found out last December when he was out for two or three games, and that run defense kind of took a dive without Leighton Vanderesh and Jonathan Hankins. So, um, but now the question becomes: Does Vanderesh ever suit up again right. in the NFL? Um, so that's a decision that he's going to have to make. What's you know one that's best for him and his family. Um, but I will say absolutely, it is and has been and will continue to be a pleasure to be around this this guy. He stays in the locker room still coaching up guys and um you know i just want him to do the right thing this is not his first or second or third or even well, i think it's his fourth issue with his neck so Oof. at a certain point you just, you just got to do the right thing man so um Spike yeah I'm, I'm hinting at what i'm hinting at but he's, he's a grown man he's gonna have to make that decision but do the right thing brother. do the right thing like spike hey uh rashawn evans he, he got called up for the third yeah. time and, and it's clear right that he's going to be a part of this team and i just was thinking about how are they going to make that decision happen? Uh, they're going to have to cut somebody, correct? Yeah. They're, in order, so the practice squad rules have been updated a little bit. Um, you know, not so long ago it was once the player maxed out at three, um, you had to make a decision to either carry them on the active roster and then release somebody as a corresponding move if you didn't have that spot vacant or 
um, you would have to waive them, subject, subject them to waivers after the trade deadline, which is where everybody, even the vested veterans, are subjected to waiver claim and then hope that they clear and then get them back on the squad, practice squad. But not the case anymore. Um, so he's he's maxed out at three, so he's going to be carried on the practice squad going forward. The clock doesn't reset again until the playoffs for that three-time mm-hmm. elevation. So if they want him to play another game this, this regular season, they got to sign him to the active roster. Corresponding move, that's where it gets kind of, not dicey, um, but the question is who would that be? And I look right. at a guy like Tyrus Wheat. Mm-hmm. Um, you are log-jammed uh, on that defensive line. And at the time Tyrus Wheat was signed to the active roster, it made sense. But now it makes more sense to have Rashawn Evans there, yeah. knowing that you're not going to have Leighton Vanderish returning, and you need that linebacker depth. You absolutely need it. So uh, I think Tyrus Wheat is a, a guy to keep a, an eye on. Maybe Noah Igbenogany, but I think the Cowboys need him for veteran depth at cornerback. Mm-hmm. Um, so Wheat would make more sense to me. But, of course, if, if he's waived and, and clears waivers, they'd love to have him back on the practice squad. But we'll see what that move is, and we'll see how soon they make it as far as Evans is concerned. Yeah, I agree with you, man. I was also thinking about, man, Peyton Hendershot also would have to, uh, you know, take somebody off the yep. roster. But so, he needs the spot, too. Yep, yeah. yep. It's two, two players. It'll be interesting to see over the next couple of days what they decide to do. Uh, I wanted to get your opinion on the good stuff that's happening with the Cowboys right now offensively, which is looks like a complete 180 from a philosophical standpoint from the first five weeks of the season mm-hmm. to now. And I, I've I've listened to you personally through you know on dot com with the podcast. I've read your articles, so I kind of have an idea, but I don't know if others do. So I wanted to give them a chance to hear your your take on the they better offense. catch up. They better <laughs> catch up with right. you. They better catch up. Get on the science. It Come ain't on, not man. for nothing. Come on, man. Look, if they miss the science, though, about this offense, I want I want you to, to let us know what do you think right now is the catalyst, the reason, or what have you behind the offensive success or offensive shift since week five? Well, I think it's it's several things, but the, the you know top two things that pop up in my mind is, one, something that uh, you and I and, and, you know, Vach and a lot of our uh, very intelligent football IQ heads have been talking about for weeks before it actually happened is we wanted to see Dak use his legs as yeah. a weapon. Um, we wanted to see him use that to create a different or an added threat that the opposing defense has to account for, and that will probably help spark uh, the offense moving along. We finally saw it against the Los Angeles Chargers. They only won 20-17. However, they don't win that game at all if Dak Prescott isn't using his legs. I think that sparked, obviously, when you look at what CeeDee Lamb has been doing ever since, it sparked CeeDee Lamb uh, in addition to the frustration he had coming out of that 49ers game. So now you look at Mike McCarthy looking at it and saying, you know what, you're right, CeeDee, you are one of uh, arguably the best wide receiver in the league, and we have to find ways to get you the ball. We have to scheme you open. So combination of those things and part of scheming uh, uh, CeeDee Lamb open goes to pre-snap motion and the misdirection that has been occurring at a, a high rate uh, for the Cowboys. They were up and down with it um, to start the season over the first four games. They kind of dipped their toe in the pool and they pulled back. They dipped their toe in the pool and they, they pulled back. But in, against the 49ers, they had a season low in pre-snap motion. Meanwhile, the 49ers had a season high in pre-snap motion. And how'd that game end up again? All right. 
So mm-hmm. I think the uh, the 49ers made McCarthy and, and Schottenheimer take a long, hard look in yeah. the mirror and say, you know what, we have the personnel to do what they just did to us. Why can't we do to other teams what they just did to our arguably number one defense in the league? And during the bye week, they went in, hit the reset button, and uh, and ever since, they've just been firing on all cylinders, and it's been ramping up more and more each week. Uh, and even though, I mean, they could be 4-0 if not for the game of Vincent to Philadelphia, but even look at that game. Over 370 passing yards from Dak Prescott used his legs. Pre-snap motion was a thing. They yep. really put the Eagles' defense on their heels. And that tells me that this Cowboys offense, if you didn't know it before, Brandon Cooks went off for 173 while CeeDee Lamb hit 151, while Jake Ferguson got his tutty, while Michael Gallup and Jalen Tolbert and Jalen Brooks were in. I mean, if that doesn't tell you that this team is firing on all cylinders, I don't know what will. I think the Brandon Cooks, you know, getting him going was the last Infinity Stone. And I know they were attempting to. Right, oh, yeah. they they were they were they were fighting with Thanos to get that Infinity Stone. stone. Yeah, yeah, the reality but, stone. Yeah. You know, it it was it wasn't it wasn't until <laughs> you know what I'm saying? it wasn't until Infinity Wars or whatever, right? Where they got it, and that happened last week. And that's the last one, though. Seriously, though, Pat. Like, if if, if you can put that on tape, that not only is Cooks going, he's not going to just get four receptions for forty yards and a touchdown, but right. he has a chance to go for a buck fifty if you don't pay attention to him. That just makes, in my opinion, this passing offense really tough to deal with, especially if a Turpin is back healthy because they have a very unique, versatile room. Yeah, 100% correct there. And if you think about it, I mean, go, they they got the, they acquired the Soul Stone um, by releasing Ezekiel Elliott. So, soul for a soul, right? Uh, you get Brandon <laughs> Cooks. And the last thing to do was come to terms with reality. And here we are with the reality stone. And the reality is there was no reason why both CeeDee Lamb and Brandon Cooks could not eat heartily on a week-to-week basis. And now they finally put that reality stone, that final stone in the gauntlet um, with Brandon Cooks just absolutely having his coming out party. And now there's no reason and no excuse, I should say, uh, both actually, no reason nor any excuse for this not to continue. Now, do I expect that both will, you know, contribute for Buck a 50? combined 320 <laughs> plus yards no. together every single game? That's not what I expect. No. Would I love it? Oh, you better believe it. Um, but what I do expect is that this this tandem of playing off of each other, um, establishing CeeDee Lamb early, forcing the defenses to kind of shade toward him, and then that opens up Brandon Cooks and, and of course, Jake Ferguson in the middle, who's also having a breakout season. Uh, and then that forces the defense back to playing true and playing honest. And now you're playing man-on-man coverage, and you better have the horses yep. to match up against these horses in Dallas because if you don't in a, a straight-up situation, on a one-on-one situation, you're toast. Now, also to that steal, let's add the fact that, you know, Dak Prescott – uh, was kind of up and down when it came to playing against man coverage, and that's something that the 49ers exploited as well uh, in, in switching from zone to man. They knew that he was lethal against zone, he and C.D. Lamb, but they switched to man, and it really disrupted everything. Went into the lab on the bye week, came back out, and now Dak Prescott, is, his quarterback rating is over 130 over the past uh, four games against man coverage. You know, uh, three t- uh, how many touchdowns? six touchdowns, six passing touchdowns to only one interception, which is also six passing touchdowns to only one interception against zone coverage. So Dak Prescott is basically saying, I get it now, pick your poison. And then he's looking at his weapons and saying, 
Uh, you want lamb or you want it from cooks? Pick your poison. Oh, you chose one or the other. Well, here's some Jake Ferguson for you. Eat up. Uh, and then it's like, oh, okay, well, now they're trying to cover Jake. Ah, oh, let's let's give you a little bit of Tony and Rico. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, this offense is coming together and at a perfect time, and that includes the offensive line being healthy and finally getting the continuity that we've been hoping for. Bars. Hey, appreciate you coming through as always, Pat, man. This is amazing stuff you give us each week but what you also do on this same day is you drop your science lab uh article and if you guys are not tuned into that you're missing out but can you give us a little tease on what you got going here at the top of the hour yeah kind of segued a little bit drop some breadcrumbs for y'all um science lab drops on dallascowboys.com approximately 10 a.m no later than 11 a.m central time uh and this week is about pre-snap motion and just how much it has affected the Cowboys lose and win um, over these past nine games. And uh, you're going to be absolutely stunned to see just how deep in his pre-snap motion bag Mike McCarthy and his analytics team have gotten. Uh, And then you're going to see in this week's science lab exactly how that correlates with the success that Dak Prescott and CeeDee Lamb are having with the numbers to back it up. So make sure y'all jump into that because uh, Big Mike is getting real freaky and Dirty Dak is here to stay. (laughs) <laughs> Dirty Dak. I love it, man. That is Patrick No C Walker, DallasCowboys.com. Thank you, good brother. All right, talk to you soon, brother. Salute. Tell you, man. It gots to be here each and every Thursday. This man drops a science for you. And then and then he drops the science. Later on via the article. So if you missed it, all good. We'll drop this thing again uh, probably on Saturday. We always roll it out Saturday. Try to give you all content Monday through Sunday, right, in different ways. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Thanks for watching and make sure to follow and subscribe to A to Z Dallas so you don't miss an episode of The Scientific Method. Every Thursday morning, 9 a.m. Central on Facebook and YouTube with every episode available on A to Z Sports.com.